record it coast to coast to wherever you're listening to this right now. This is the Low End Marauders Podcast. What's good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Low End Marauders Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, again, apologies for the delay. Again, it's been a long weekend for all of us. Um, my name is Nick, like always, and uh, this episode I'm joined with Jared. What's happening, Jared? What's good, bro? What's good? You all right? Doing good, doing good. Um, another good one ahead of us. We got another good episode. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Pusha T allegedly dissing Cardi B on its almost drive. We're going to. Um, talk about the Beastie Boys for a bit. And um, also we're gonna rank some Kendrick albums since uh, Kendrick Lamar got an album coming out uh, in just a few days. So we'll get to all that. But first, um, we're gonna talk about, um, we're gonna talk about uh, DDG. For those who don't know, he is a, um, he is a rapper out of, uh, I believe Pontiac, Michigan or somewhere in the Michigan area, but um, anyway, um, as we all know, you know, hip hop's generations, you know, continue to grow and, you know, old heads and it's basically been old heads versus young heads with them, you know, going back and forth on which generation is the, uh, is the best or the greatest, whatever you want to prefer. Um, basically, um, the rising star basically went to Twitter and he based and he gave a controversial take on today's modern day rappers by saying on Twitter, quote, today's rappers are 10 times better than rappers back in the day. Respectfully, he uh, he said, I respect the older gener generation of hip hop, but this generation creativity is on a le another level for real. Hip hop ain't never been the number one uh, genre until now. So basically, after he posted that, he um, a lot of people on social media came after him, and he basically doubled down on what he said. When one fan um, with him, when one fan on Twitter argued that none of his rap peers can hold a candle to the notorious B.I.G. and Pac, and basically uh, he clapped back and said, uh, "When was the last time you listened to either in the car?" Be truthful. Um, another rap, another uh, Twitter fan basically said um, and responded back to him by saying, "Today's rappers do not compare to MF Doom, Quasimodo, who is a producer, Common, Jizza, Wu Tang, Easy E, Pop, Biggie, Nas, so on and so on." I do not. I do like the new rappers, don't get me wrong, but they just don't compare to what, quote, back in the uh, day rappers brought to the table. So uh, with um, all that going on, um, I'll ask this question to you, Jared. Do you think today's rappers are better than uh, back in the day rappers? That's kind of hard to say because it's based on based on a generation. Like, you can hear me? Yeah. Okay, so I, it, it's just based on who you talk to. Like, it depends on which generation you talk to. I feel like back then, I mean, 
Well, of course, let's just say this. No, music evolves every decade. So it evolved from how it was with Grandmaster Flash and them to the LL and Run DMC to the Rakims to the Nas's, the Hoes, the Big Empire. You know what I'm saying? It changes. So I feel like back then, you you really have to... I ain't saying you... I mean, back then, you really had to be nice back then. Mm-hmm. And people was more... It was more of an art. Like, people really wanted to be rappers. You know what I mean? It's different because the rappers wanted to be the drug dealers. You know, like, not necessarily drug dealers, but the rappers wanted to look like them because they was the coolest. It wasn't cool to be a rapper back then because they weren't getting no money like that. But now it's just, you know, you have to, you know... I. People had to go through the the chilling circuit with the. They had to really earn they 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 respect like back then. Now, I feel like people just see it as a hustle. I'm not speaking for everybody because a lot of people do love the art of hip hop, but other people just do it, you know, just for the hustle, which is cool too. You know what I'm saying? But that I feel like now, and music back then was so regional. Like now it's like, I mean back then it was like, oh you you know he was from New York by how he sounded or the look, or mm. you know what I mean like you knew, and they could paint a picture like oh like when Nas talked about Queens, I envisioned what Queens looked like, or when NWA talked about Compton, like I can visualize what Compton is. So now it's like, it's not you don't have to be from New York and sound like you're from New York like. And I think it's kind of it's kind of better that way too because it's like now you can like you know like ASAP Rocky like you he's influenced by Texas like all around like you know Cleveland he got the Bone Thugs flow yeah. he got Texas style beats and you know screwed up voice and you know what I mean like it's a melting pot of everything now think about Travis Scott like he's from he's from Houston but he don't sound like a Texas rapper. You can't yeah. call Travis Scott a Texas rapper. Like he's just an artist. Now, now, now it's like everybody's. It's becoming an artist. Like you're being both because you know being a rapper, you get put so far in a box. Mm-hmm. Just saying you're a rapper is kind of like the you know minimalizing like your talent. Like oh, you're just a rapper. Like but being an artist. You can do it all. You can sing like you know how Kanye did the eight oh eights and Wayne did the rebirth and all that. MGK doing rock albums now. So it's like you can do different things now. So it's it's it depends on who you ask. Is it better? I mean, I always go back to the nineties. Like I always like I mean, I like people who kind of stay to that stigma of the nineties, like without being outdated. Or oh, without being dated, I should say, like, you know, like, your Griselda's, your Kendrick's, your Cole's, like, they still have that 90s essence. But, I mean, now, you're, you you can get played worldwide. You're accessible now since we have social media. So, you don't even have to be talented now. You, I mean, you can just be the, you can just be the popular dude, and you can, and people will love you. Like, it ain't about sales like you don't have to have the best album sales but if people want to look like you or people love your personality and if you're relatable to people that's bigger than albums now like who who you are if people know your story and know that you can relate to the consumer 
it really don't matter about how nice you is no more. Like it's sad to say. So it's hard to say is a generation better. Like it's better for the kids now. Like you can get your people out the hood or you get yourself out the hood and now it's the way to where you can you can now um build your platform to where you don't have to sign to a label. You could just be yourself you could just, you know, be independent and now you got that leverage. If you do want to sign a label, now you got the control to be like, okay, I want this percentage, and if they don't do it, I can just do bad by myself. You can do a partnership versus being signed to somebody. You can sign as a partner, or you can have a uh, publishing deal or something like that. Like, so it's kind of it's it's better. Like like I said, music evolves, and it's kind of better for kids now because you can all you do you don't even have to do the music. You can pop off of like. TikTok or Instagram, like you can have a song, put it out. If that shit click on TikTok, it's on fire now. Yep. So it don't even matter. Think about Drake when he put out In My Feelings. That wasn't even a song they was going for. They was going for the Michael Jackson record. But In My Feelings clicked because somebody did a, somebody started dancing. I think it was Shiggy. Shiggy did a dance. Yeah. And then Odell Beckham the one that did the challenge to where he was dancing outside the car, he started that. So it just took a life on its own. So it's kind of good now. It just depends on who you ask, bro, honestly. Well, how do you feel about it? Um, I would uh, I would have to agree with you and say um, with how uh, today's rappers are better, I think they're better at promoting themselves uh, compared to the older generation. Yeah. Um, but, because uh, like you said, I mean, for, you know, people to get put on, the people to start rapping and uh, to, you know, get that career going, um, promotional-wise, I think that's where, um, you know, today's rappers are better. Because, uh, like you said, you got YouTube, you got TikTok, you got Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever, um Whatever you really need to, you know, put yourself on, you have that. And, you know, you have, you know, the Internet. And when you uh, compare that to, you know, people back then, whether it was, you know, the 80s and 90s, uh, hell, I'll even say the 2000s, um, mm. you know, it was, you know, definitely a tough time for, you know, rappers to, you know, get put on and to get signed and to get heard because, you know, back then, you know, they had to, you know, record on uh, cassette tapes, you know, sh uh, try to find, you know, a record label's address, ship it out there or, you know, play it out of uh, play it out of your cars to, you know, get people to buy your own stuff, too. Um, so I definitely think um, that's where this generation of rappers are, are definitely excelling at, uh, you know, with you know, marketing wise and, you know, promoting themselves, but rapping wise, I mean, there are some good and talented rappers out, you know, today, but, you know, to say that they're better than that, uh, I think it really just depends on what kind of music you look, uh, or what type of rap that you want to listen to. If you're listening, if you're trying to look for like lyrical hip hop, I mean, is that's basically, um, uh, I want to say like, uh, you know, trying it's like treasure hunting, I guess you could say. 
Uh, you just got to, you know, scour the Internet, scour, uh, you know, Spotify and things like that just to find that. But if you're just looking, you know, for something to like dance to uh, that's or, you know, feel good and, you know, going out and things like that, that's definitely where, uh, you know, uh, rappers today are being better at, in my opinion, because, you know, it 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 kind of just I don't want to say it's feels like it's easy to, you know, just make a song, put uh, trap drums in it and, you know, just put it out there with uh, with half ass lyrics. But it kind of seems like that's the norm nowadays for, you know, people to um, for people to uh, get noticed, uh, whether it's, you know, radio play, uh, you know, having the number one song on, you know, Spotify's and, you know, the Apple music charts and things like that. So I definitely think, um, you know, they're excelling more at, you know, getting people to, you know, dance, you know, uh, getting people to, you know, play their music on streaming services. But I think lyrically, um, there are some today that are doing uh, a good job. Uh, Like we we say, Griselda, you know, the Dave East, Hell, even Larry June, that's one of my favorite uh, rappers out right now, too. Oh, um, I, I would say uh, lyrically, uh, compared to, you know, the rappers that are getting, you know, airplay uh, back then, I would say today's rappers are definitely uh, are definitely killing today's rappers. And, and, and again, I mean, that's no disrespect to you know, lyrical rappers uh, who are, like I said, pushing or who are trying to get their music out, trying to get people noticed and, you know, uh, who who are getting people to love the music. But I would definitely say, you know, back then, you know, lyrically, their albums, um, uh, their albums are doing uh, better than they are than today's standards. So I would definitely say that's what um what today's rappers are are good at but um you know shout uh, again shout out to you know everybody who is you know trying to keep lyrical rap in check trying to you know get it out there um you know like i said with you know the griseldas larry junes davies freddie gibbs you know things like that so i i definitely think um you know, with the that type of class uh, for today, I think it's it's definitely being overshadowed by you know uh, the stuff we hear on the radio, the stuff you know that's blowing up the uh, you know the streaming services chart and things like that. So yeah. um, I, I think that's where you know t- uh, where today's uh, artists are excelling at. But you know that's just me. But um, with uh, but I kind of feel like with today's rappers who are popping, uh, they need to you know keep working on your crafts lyrically, keep you know promoting yourselves, keep uh, you know trying to keep that fifteen minutes of fame uh, going because you know it, it's hard and you know the music industry is a dog eat dog world too because yeah, a lot yeah. of people yeah what's that. No, I say, yeah, you're right. It definitely is. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of people are just will, you know, fight, 
scratch, claw, shoot, murder, do everything under the sun just to get where you are. So with the people that are, you know, um, who do, um, who are blowing up streaming services charts, keep at it with your craft. Uh, hopefully, you know, keep evolving. Uh, try to get with the times if you can, but, you know, uh, like I said, it, it, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog uh, world out there uh, in the music world. So, you know, just keep keep on with your craft. That's, you know, that's really all I can say. <laughs> Fact. Yeah. But, Don't uh, sign that 360 deal. Oh, yeah, that 360 deal. That'll, that'll get you in some trouble right there. <laughs> You get, get all your merch and with a TikTok, your followers, everything you got going on, they take it from you. Mm-hmm. Right. And um and and it and even if you are blowing up on TikTok, it is possible to make a, a career out of it. That's it true. It's possible. Yeah. But what once TikTok goes away, you better find something else to fall right. back on. Like you gotta capitalize off moments. Right. Capitalize off moments, turn it into something, flip it. You know what I mean? Flip the moment. Right. Cause, yeah, because uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, it is uh, possible you can have a good career. Again, look at Doja Cat. We already talked about her on the show and how she blew up. Yeah, had a viral moment with the cow song. Mm -hmm. Just to just to, just the bait, just to threw that bait out, and then it's like, oh. Oh, watch this. Next single. Fire. Like, oh, shit. She really an artist for real. Like, she really rap. She can sing. Oh, shit. So it's like, it's just a perfect marketing plan, man. She nailed it. Like, look at her now. So. Right. Yeah. Right. About to, even about to go on tour with the weekend, too. Yeah, see? Perfect. And they're not just doing, uh, you know, arena shows. They're about to do stadium shows. So that's that's a huge step up in her career. Step up, man. Like that builds that. That's more. That's more people in the seats. Right. You know, weekend is a huge deal. So for her to be on that platform, that's that's shout out to her, man. That's that was a good look. It, it was. It really was, but um, yeah, that that's how I feel about it. Um, anything else you want to add before we move on to um, Pusha T? No. Um, for for one, like shout out to everybody, all the artists that's out there doing it. I just prefer. I feel like it's just this era is just a, a come and go type of era, like. The tension span is shorter, and it's like we want the next thing real quick. And I feel like it's no, it's no more timeless music how it was in the '90s. Like the '90s had more. I, even myself, I always go back to the '90s and 2000s, late '80s. Like they just had the best music, bro. Like think about it. Selling a million, a million copies back then was crazy because that's physical. That means pe a million people came out to support you, bro. Mm -hmm. That's a huge. That that means they had to get up out their seats, go to the stores, and buy how many of they want to. Mm -hmm. For uh, what, like twenty dollars a CD? Yeah, exactly. Well, twelve ninety nine if you went to the PX. I had to plug. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
But anyway, yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so shout out to to the new artist. I mean, but at the same time, you can't follow him because he has an opinion just like the next person. He yeah. might not be what you want to hear. It's like it's like the little skies or whoever made a comment about I ain't really like Tupac like that. It was that oh no, I ain't really like big or something. He said I don't like big or pox, something like that, right? Yeah, something like I that. I was little skies, but it's one of them new rappers that said like the generation, like, now nah, I don't listen to them. Which makes sense because he's not from that era. You can't expect him to listen to. You can't expect Yeah, I remember uh, yeah, like you said, I remember another rapper saying uh he gave Tupac a two because he found him boring. I, I can't remember uh yeah, came off top. You gotta look. You gotta look deeper to the to the situation. Like he's young, he don't come from that era. He was probably born in two thousand. Like he's not. He don't know nothing about Big and Pac. Like so, I don't expect him to be like bigging him up. Like these new artists got their own top five. Yeah. If you look at Bryson Tiller's top five, he said his his top five was like well, his influence was the Dream, Soldier Boy, because he came from that era. Right, like, it's, that you can't expect the typical, uh, you know, you know like Biggie, the, uh, uh, Pac. Uh, that's the that's the standard throwaway throwaway uh, play it safe list. Like, if that's, yeah, that's generally your your top five. Then cool, but some people just do that just so they can look cool, or whatever. But nah, man, you can't expect these kids to to know nothing. You got he got to be put on. He's not right. from that era, so I don't expect him to, to, to big up big or pock. So I'm not even tripping about that comment because he's young. Right. It's, whatever, however disrespectful it is or what, like he's not from that era. So he got an opinion just like somebody else. So mm-hmm. somebody, somebody just got to play him the music and he'll appreciate it when somebody sits him down and actually plays the catalog and, 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 and points out the messages in pocket and how big influenced was the king of New York, like not just Brooklyn, like the whole New York. And so right. he'll, he'll learn over time, but you got to give him a chance. Right. I but, mean, even if he don't want to listen, now we say he going to say some wild shit like that. He young, like, right. And even if he don't want to, uh, you know, listen to the music, he still he can, you know, watch uh, Tupac Resurrection too. He can uh, see, you know, his journey. He can see uh, how he's basically evolved, and you know, all the wild shit that he did in the past, and how uh, he learned from it too, yeah. and you know, exactly. the sad demise. And Biggie was Biggie a documentary too on Netflix, so it's like, so he can just. You know, just get put on game and just do your homework. I had to do my homework over the years. Like, I ain't listen to everything. Like, I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I just started, like, like probably about the pandemic. I just started, like, getting in, getting in the pot and getting, like, watching every interview. You know, probably 2018, like, getting into every interview, doing my doing my homework, um, getting into Wu-Tang, listening to their whole catalog and, and listening to like Slick Rick and you know what I'm saying, just doing right, my- right. <laughs> yeah, I, I was listening to him and uh, just reading about um, uh, his feud with uh, with INS too, and him trying to be you know a, a citizen in in the U.S. too. Oh, Slick so, Rick, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I forgot he got our, he I got arrested. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I was just glad that uh, I know we're going off subject, but I was just glad, uh, you know, he finally beat the case and is now, you know, a U.S. citizen here. So, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. He's a whole legend. Man. Definitely. Uh, but uh, any anything else you want to add before we uh, keep it moving to push a T? Nah, we can move on to push a. All right, let's go ahead. Uh, let's talk about Pusha T. Um, for those who don't know or have been under a rock, Pusha T, he dropped uh, the album, It's Almost Dry, his very first number one uh, album on the Billboard 200, so congratulations to him. Um, definitely a good album. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. Um, now, on the album... Um, uh, like it's just kind of like Daytona. Um, I think what eight, nine, ten album, uh, ten songs on the album, something like that. Uh, twelve. Twelve. Okay. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, on the album. Um, he's been on promotion, uh, promoting that. He's been on tour promoting the album. Um, even dropped a, a couple singles. He did. Uh, he recently did the video called My Bluff. Um, dope video go check that out when you get a chance and uh basically um he uh has a song on uh his album called dreaming of the past i believe that's produced by kanye um and on there uh and on the song uh he has a line on there that some believe is aimed at uh cardi b and the line goes award shows the only way you bitches could rob me uh, he said on the song Dreaming of the Past. Now, for those who are trying to remember, who, who are trying to think of why he could be, uh, and I say that in quotes, dissing Cardi B, uh, Cardi B's uh, album Invasion of Privacy beat out Pusha T's Daytona uh, at the six, uh, back at the Grammys in 2019. Uh, the other nominees uh, to, uh, in that category for bre for best rap album were Travis Scott's Astro World, uh, the late Nipsey Hussle's Victory Lap, and the in the late Mac Miller's Swimming. Um, so, uh, well, first of all, I'll ask this: uh, Do you think uh, that Pusha was dissing Cardi B with that line? I don't think so. I think it's it's more of a reach of people trying to just stir up something because. I don't see no 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 reason why to this Cardi B is no is no motive. Like you know, I don't think he has a problem with Offset. But I think people would just people. I know people could take that and run with it. You know, I didn't bite on that because you know, even though Pusha is good, he is cryptic with his bars, so you don't know if he dissing somebody or what. You'll never know. He'll go over your head. And I can tell that it can sound like he's dissing her, but he ain't dissing her. He ain't has no. He has no reason. It's just the generals, general line about a general woman that robs dudes. Usually after they sleep together, he falls asleep. The jury's missing. <laughs> Simple as that. So he just pretty much just said, "The only way you bitches rob me is award shows." Now, it slick. It slick sounds like it does. Yeah. 
I can see how you could you could take it that far. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's kind of it's kind of it's a gray it's a gray area in that it's hard. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's like why would you say award shows though? Yeah, but at the same time, it's like yeah, you can rob me if you if we in the same category. Right, it's tough. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he is, but I can see how I can see how well, people could take that. I don't know. What you What you think? Um, I don't think it was a diss. Um to Cardi as well. I mean, for all we know, that could have been a diss uh, to Drake because um, I believe that same show, Drake won an award uh, for something that Pusha T was uh, nominated in as well. And I think that was the same night that uh, the Grammys, they cut Drake's speech short and they just cut his mic out. Uh, I guess he was just, you know, going on and on about the Grammys and then, you know, um, about how wrong it is or something like that. And then the next thing you know, they cut the mic and basically just told them, get off stage. You so, can't, can't uh, come to somebody's house and diss the kitchen. Like, right. come on. Like, you know, you should have known better <laughs> than that. But, but, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, like I said, for all we know, that could have been a diss uh, against Drake, too. Uh, but, uh, I I don't think it was uh, a diss towards her. I mean, I get, you know, the line. Uh, I mean, for all we know, he could be, uh, you know, frustrated, you know, with not winning, you know, awards, you know, appearing at the Grammys, uh, being nominated and not winning, too. I've, uh, I mean, as we all know, we've seen and we've heard frustrations um, from rappers, you know, showing up. Uh, being nominated and just basically going home empty-handed. Um, I think I've heard Eminem uh, be that way once. Uh, J. Cole talked about it too. Um, and, you know, things like that as well. So I I don't think it was a, you know, a, a direct diss to her. Um, me, I kind of feel like it's just, you know, him, you know, taking time out of his uh out of his day showing up somewhere uh whether it you know be bt awards grammy awards vmas whatever and you know being nominated and then the next thing you know um he's basically going home with nothing so i kind of feel like uh it could be that as well you know it's him just saying you know don't waste my fucking time (laughs) pretty much yeah so I, I kind of feel like um, that's what the disc was coming for, but um, but uh, anyway, with uh, a little bit later on, he uh, he was in an interview and he said, um, and he basically said, um, "2018 was super strong to me because I felt like the Grammys even got the rap nominations and the rap winner right. Come on, man, Cardi deserved that." When you look at the lineup, you had Cardi B, you had Travis Scott, you had Mac Miller, you had Nipsey Victory Lap, and you had Daytona. Anybody could have won, and I couldn't have argued. Um, He later said that Cardi actually won, and I would never argue with that. I was actually going to the gym with her joint in my headphones like, oh yeah, she killed this joint. 
It was just about what the final voters gravitated towards, but it was fair. The lineup was fair. Uh, he also added, what I'm saying, Cardi was popular as hell. Pusha T wasn't as popular. But to even put Daytona on the levels of, uh, I guess, all that, I feel like it had all the tiers of great rap music in that category. So um, now uh, comes the question, um, did Cardi deserve to win that rap album, considering all the nominee, uh, the nominees that were nom uh, that were in that uh, best rap ca uh, best rap album category? Yeah, I, t I think so because she had a great body of work, like great singles. Like I like it. Um, what else came out? Um, the Bodak Yellow joint. Um, um, Be careful. Careful. There's some, there's some more I'm missing, but um, I yeah, anybody like like he said, anybody in that category was was nice. Like it was just all it was a great category. Anybody could have won that. He's right. Anybody could have won that, and and not feel slighted. Like damn, how did it win? Nah, like it, they brought it. 2018, they brought it. Like there was some dope music that came out 2018 for real. Mm-hmm. So anybody Astro World was I bumped up I bumped well you know Cardi B one time because you know I can't relate to that but not saying it was not a good but but the with the first listen I was like yo she really snapped on this joint like the the singles and the bars and what she was talking about like she killed it because I watched Love and Hip Hop so and with her on that season so to see her from that. And coming up to, to winning a Grammy and being this global superstar is crazy. It's super inspiring to me, bro. You can't hate on Cardi because she is she's herself, unapologetic. You you, you like you want to see people like that win. You want to see people like Cardi B win because she's like the, uh, the people's champ in my eyes. Mm -hmm. and, and then just being watching Bodak Yellow go to number one and. That was a whole, cause the the song "Boy That Yellow" was out before it got popping. Like it was, it was out for about at least about four months before it actually lit on fire. Like I don't know how it caught fire that fast. Like I don't know what it was on, but that's, probably due to uh, plays, uh, plays uh, in the club, strip club plays, things like that. Or probably social media. Somebody probably was rocking to it on. Wherever, wherever was out at that time, Vine or whatever, and then it would just pop like that. But that shit took off. Like, ooh, Younger Mate took off. It, it been out before it started popping. Mm -hmm. Somehow, somebody was playing it, like somebody, celebrity or someone was playing it, then it shit took off. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, man, shout out to Cardi. Like, that was a good category. For real, that was a good that like the grand, I felt proud because the the Grammys really got that shit right that year, and they got it right. Yeah, yeah. and also uh, a lot of people they were kind of up in arms about it too because uh, in case what people forgot, Mac Miller did pass a couple months before uh, the award show, and some thought that he deserved that uh, over her. And then uh, I believe a month later, that's when. Nipsey passed. Yeah, that's true. But I don't think 
See, but I don't think they should give the award to Mac because of somebody's passing. That's not fair to me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I re- you know, of course I respect, you know, you know, love, you know, shout out, you know, condolences to pass, you know, but I feel like that's not that's like slighting everybody else in the category when people do that. You know what I'm saying? Like just for sympathy, like, all right, we just gonna give it to him. Cause now I feel like are you giving it to him because he passed or give it to him because the album's really nice? Right. Now if you are you are you giving him the sympathy Grammy or what? That's not cool. Come on, that's not cool. Like so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like getting a participation trophy. Like I ain't really I ain't really do nothing but <laughs> <laughs> here, here it is. Like, nah, bro. Like Right. Uh ooh. at first I kind of felt like um like Daytona should have won it because I mean uh, I, I was kind of like you. I mean, I, I heard the album. Um, I didn't really play it that much because, uh, like you, I couldn't really relate to it, and you know, uh, and all that. But um, at first, I kind of, uh, like I said, I, at first, I kind of felt like Daytona should have deserved it because, uh, in in my opinion, it was the better album. Uh, but you know. Like you said, Cardi did work hard on that, uh, whether it was her, her ghostwriters, whoever. Um, and, you know, like we said, it's it's the come up too. you know, to go from, you know, love and hip hop to, you know, now winning a Grammy to now, you know, being on, uh, you know, a pop culture level where everybody knows who you are, just, you know, like that. And, you know, it's a good look. It was a good look for Cardi, um, you know, looking back on it now compared to when I first uh, viewed it. But, you know, it it was it's definitely a good look for her. You know, it's definitely something she said, um, you know, she worked hard for, um, you know, great. uh, It was good production at the time. Um, Singles was just, you know, catching fire at the time. Um, I think she was one of the first people who I remember who worked with uh, now megastar Bad Bunny on I Liked It on on I Like It. Damn, I can't even talk. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I I know I'm I'm fucking up. My bad. Jesus. <laughs> but uh, it, it's definitely. It was definitely a good look for her. Um, I may have to go back and listen to it again just to see if it still holds up. But um, Mac Miller swimming was good too. Um, I listened to. I recently listened to a season of Dissect where he talked about um, both, you know, circles and uh, and the entire album swimming's too. Um, go check that out if you haven't heard um, that podcast in that season. Um, Victory Lap. I didn't really. I'll be honest. I didn't really hear the album until uh, after it was uh, nominated for the Grammy, and you know that was an incredible body of work. Uh, pause from <laughs> from Nipsey Hussle. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> from start to finish. Yeah. And I kind of feel like after the passing, that's when you know everybody you know quote unquote became a fan of him. 
because I don't really remember hearing, you know, people saying uh, that they were a Nipsey fan before um, before he passed and, you know, them being excited about him being nominated for the Grammy and all that. But um, and uh, Astroworld, Astroworld was uh, was a huge album, too. Like, I know a lot of people, they're going to uh, sit here and try to deny it and say, oh, I don't like Astroworld and you know, due to, you know, Travis Scott and the uh, concert tragedy that happened a few months ago. But Astroworld, that was a big record uh, right there. Um, it had Sicko Mode, which was basically everywhere uh, you can think of. Uh, Stop Trying to Be God. Uh, that was one of my personal favorites off uh, that album. Um, what, what was the... Um, the intro song to that. I'm trying not to look at the um, Star, track Star, list. Uh, Stargazing. Stargazing. There we go. That was another one of my favorites uh, from him too. Um, but yeah, Sicko Mode was just basically everywhere when uh, when it came out. Um, I would definitely say it was the song of the summer back then too, since you know. Uh, Great production. You had uh, Drake um, giving you like that little intro too, and then uh, you know the beat switch. He comes back with uh, with Travis too. So uh, yeah, just just still a good album. Still a good album, even though people don't want to admit it. Even though people you know are still mad at him for what he did and and all this other stuff, but. You know, I kind of feel like with Travis now, it, it's just time to, you know, move on. Travis, you know, he's slowly getting back, uh, coming back into the public uh, post uh, post the concert tragedy. And, you know, he's out here in NBA games starting, to, you know, uh, be in the public eye a little bit more. So, you know, definitely good for him. And, you know, hopefully he doesn't learn uh, his lesson about that uh, tragedy and all that, too. But. You know, it's gonna be interesting to see what he follows up with. I mean, cause yeah, this new album, this new album he's gonna come out with is gonna be crazy. Cause I mean, if he gives dark, if he gives me something on the level of uh, dark twisted fantasy, then yeah, he. Uh, a lot of people gonna forget, gonna forget about that Astro World tragedy. So, yeah, I, I definitely think um, that'll be good for him, but um, but uh. Like I said, uh, at the time, uh, I felt like Cardi didn't deserve it. But, you know, looking back on it now, since time has passed, it really made me, you know, think, yeah, maybe she did deserve it. Because, um, like I said, she did work hard. She put in the time. She put in the energy. And, you know, the, resu uh, the results speak for itself. And, you know, it was critically acclaimed, got her a Grammy. And uh, she ain't looked back since. So, yeah. Definitely, um, you know, Cardi deserved that Grammy. But uh, uh, other than that, anything else you want to add before we uh, move on to the Beastie Boys? All right, let's move on, cuz. All right. Uh, and, and again, congratulations to uh, Cardi for that win. Um, let's talk about the Beastie Boys. Um, even though it's basically been a slow week in uh, hip-hop news since, you know, Things are going on um, outside of the culture and things like that. Um, 
Back on the 4th, uh, it marked the 10-year passing of uh, one of the members of the Beastie Boys, um, MCA, who passed away of cancer back in 2012. So basically, with um, his 10-year passing happened, it really made me think uh, about, you know, uh, the Beastie Boys and, you know, everything that they've been through uh, from, you know, the, their very beginnings to uh, them call, sadly calling it quits after the passing of MCA. And um, now, you know, after doing some research, um, and, and, and before I give you guys uh, and give everyone uh, the facts about the Beastie Boys and all, um, I'll just go ahead and ask this question. Um, I originally was going to ask, are the Beastie Boys a top 10 group? But I kind of felt like that e uh, that question was a little bit too easy. So I'll ask this. Um, do you think um, uh, the Beastie Boys are a top five hip hop group of all time? Ooh. Had to make it a little tougher. They, uh, they not in my top five group of all time, but they're definitely top 10. I got some people ahead of them, but Beastie Boys definitely, definitely was a dope collective of three people. Like, and ain't that like the first, like, group to have three rappers? I think so. Because I know it was Fat Like Boy. a trio, yeah. A trio, it was them Fat Boys. Run DM oh no, not Run DM. No, no, Run DM. No, that was just two. Yeah. It, you just see three of them in a picture, but you know, one was a DJ and two rappers. So, yeah. so three was just like, can't say Tribe because Tribe was just two. Well, they started with three, but one uh, with Jerobi, but he left the group. I think after that first album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Jerobi forgot Jerobi kind of rapped a little bit. Um. Yeah, I mean they're definitely top ten. Mm -hmm. Definitely top ten. Just not personally, just not my top five. But I do love the album "Nice as the Hill," though. That shit was fire. And I like this song. I used to watch uh uh the uh, the No Sleep Till Brooklyn. That's probably one of my favorite songs. Oh yeah, no. Oh, that was fire. Um, what else? The Hello Brooklyn, Hello Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Boy, but you know, say Hello Brooklyn, the first beat. Yeah. Uh, sabotage. That's a classic video right there. Classic. That I always just see that on MTV, like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, didn't Eminem take that? I mean, Eminem did take the album cover of I like yeah, for it. Kamikaze. Kamikaze. Off that first, and then, uh, and, then, and then I think he kind of sampled them when he did that. He did that song with um Rick Rubin. Oh yeah, um, dessert. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that I also remember the video uh the video that definitely had some Beastie Boys vibes too. Yeah. But yeah. I was kind of glad he got uh, you know, Rick Rubin's um approval to not only be in the video but to definitely, you know, give give him give them their props too. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. What you think? Are they in your top five? I honestly had to think about it after doing the research, but uh, like I said, I'll I'll give the facts uh, in just a little bit. Um, top five, no, respectfully no, but yeah. uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna have to say um, definitely in my top ten. Yeah. Especially, you know, because what what a lot of people forget that, you know, they started off as a punk band, too. You know, they had, you know, played their instruments, yelled, screamed, you know, the whole nine. Uh, and then, you know, they just dropped all that and switched to rap, too. I did not so, know that. So, you know, to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did um, some research about that, too. Um, yeah, they did all that. Um, and then. I think after they got signed to um, not the Def Jam that we know now, but, um, you know, the up and coming Def Jam label, that's when, you know, they became, you know, Ad-Rock, MCA and Mike D. So, um, you know, the come up with them is is I I definitely think their come up is one of the best stories in uh, hip hop today. Because like I said, to go from a punk band, which uh, which a lot of people forget that punk uh, in the early 80s, I say early to mid 80s, was like one of the biggest genres of music back then uh, before rap took off for them to, you know, drop that and then, you know, switch over to, you know, hip hop. I mean, that was a huge risk on their part, too. So um, yeah. I and to go from that to you know busting their ass to you know being you know the superstars that they were and you know and now you know being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame I mean that's definitely one of the best come up stories you'll ever hear. But um, as far as the Beastie Boys, I may have um, they're not in my top five, but I would definitely say. Uh, they're definitely in my top 10. Um, I may have to put them at 10, maybe nine, depending on uh, how I feel that day. But uh, I, uh, as top five, it's with everything that they did, it's, it's very close, but I'll have to say not in, in the top five, but definitely top 10. So, uh, yeah, the Beastie Boys are definitely in my top 10. But um, <clears throat> after doing some stat, uh, some research, and uh, basically on their entire career, here are, the, uh, here are the facts that happened with the Beastie Boys throughout their entire career. Uh, in 2012, uh, they became the third rap group to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in 2012. Uh, had released eight records. Um, we talked about License to Ill. License to Ill um, is one of the is in an in, in an, an elite class of being a diamond album, 
and was the first rap album to hit number one on the Billboard 200 charts back in 1986 and went platinum after only two months. And the craziest part about License to Ill is that it's the biggest and best-selling album sold in the 1980s. Damn. So, yeah, you got to think about every rap album that came out in the 80s. You know, you had uh, Straight Outta Compton, you had Public Enemy, you had Run DMC, um, and those are just three I just listed off the top. And, you know, to, you know, have the best sold album in the 1980s uh, after comparing all those three, it, that's just crazy right there. That's that's in, insanity. But um, their second album, Paul's Boutique, um, at the time it was considered a flop due to you know them switching up the sound, and um, and um, a lot of people didn't really like it at first, but uh, it did sell records, and uh, over time. It became. It's now considered to be one of the best uh, hip hop albums of all time, and um, from what I've read, it uh, Paul's Boutique. It contains anywhere from 100 to over 300 samples on that album. So that uh, so to get that much clearance on an album, especially back then, uh, knowing what we know now when it comes to samples. That's just wild with, uh, within itself. Um, basically, and also throughout the Beastie Boys' uh, entire career, they have sold 21 million albums here in the U.S. To put that in perspective, they have sold more albums, um, well, I'll say around 21 million albums. Uh, and to put that into perspective, there, uh, they sold more albums than the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, which is around 9 million copies, N.W.A. around 4 million copies, Public Enemy around 3.5 million, and A Tribe Called Quest around 4.5 million. So they've, uh, in the U.S. alone, that is more than all of them combined. And that is, and that's, you know, crazy to sell 21 million albums. Uh, the only group that has sold almost the same amount to maybe even more is Outkast with around 22 million sold. Um, mm. Right. So um, they also, you know, innovation and, you know, creativity um, off their second, I mean, off their uh, 98 album, Hello Nasty. Uh, they made history. They made uh, history at the Grammys by winning two different uh, two different genres uh, in the Grammys at the same uh, in the same night for best rap performance by a group or duo and best alternative album. Hasn't been done before uh, at the Grammys and hasn't been done since. So you definitely got to give them props for that. They were a part of Run DMC's groundbreaking Raising Hell tour. Uh, they were one of the first people to be uh, assigned to the Def Jam label, and even had Rick Rubin as their uh, as one of their first uh, DJs when they first started. So uh, yeah. I didn't even know that as well. Um, and a lot of people um, forget that uh, back then, uh, 
in the uh, mid to late 80s, a lot of people weren't really trying to, you know, hear the Beastie Boys, um, you know, be on the stage and rap. And um, from what I've heard in uh, video um, interviews that um, Dr. Dre, not the Dr. Dre from NWA, I mean the Dr. Dre from who is co-host of Yo! MTV Raps. MTV Raps, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he basically said uh, a lot of people weren't really thrilled with the Beastie Boys uh, being on stage, but, you know, with them, you know, being themselves and, you know, doing their best to rock a crowd, um, after their set was over, a lot of people started uh, liking them. And, you know, basically, you know, them working hard, them trying to control the crowd and, uh, you know, them just being themselves, too. Um also, they're one of the uh, first groups to, you know, start having, you know, the DJ, uh, the turntable scratches and, you know, um, the rock instruments, the guitar, the bass, the drums and all that, too. And that basically, you know, set the standards for, you know, the Limp Biscuits, the Linkin Parks, the Rage Against the Machines, Slipknots, um, you know, and so on and so on. So they basically, you know, were the pioneers of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, 31 years together, uh, 21, around 21 million albums sold, um, two different Grammys, one on the same night back in 1999. Um, I believe that was the same show Lauren Hill won best, uh, uh, best album of the year. I think it was that show. I, I, I may have to look into that, but, uh, definitely with everything that they done, I mean, just their their stats and achievements and innovation alone, they definitely uh, have to be in you know a top ten group of all uh, best groups of all time because that that is that's a hell of a career right there. But I kind of feel like the Beastie Boys don't really get the credit that they deserve. So no, they don't. They really don't. They don't. They, they they started, you know, they was the first white rappers, quote unquote. So, yeah, definitely uh, setting the stage for you know the Eminems, the Mac Millers, the Jeezys, the Jack Harlows, MGK. so on, so on. Yeah, MGK, Jack Harlow, man. <laughs> That's a different topic. Yeah. But uh, I, I definitely think just by looking at all those stats, maybe we need to, you know, if we were to make a top 10 list, maybe we need to, you know, instead of putting them at the bottom, maybe we need to start, you know, putting them near the middle based on just achievements alone. Yeah, true. Because, I mean, because uh, like I said, uh, with a Diamond album, that's in a, that's in a whole different class because not too many uh, rappers today can say they that they have a, a Diamond album. Right. That's definitely hard to say. Mm-hmm. And a Diamond album, for those who don't know, is 10 million copies sold. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, um... People... Yeah, it, it is. Um, but um, I just think it, it is, you know, unfortunate that um, 
you know, one of the members did pass away from cancer. Uh, and the crazy part is, you know, the Beastie Boys, they can, you know, you slap their name, whether it's uh, Madison Square Garden, uh, Staples Center, wherever, they, uh, those tickets would sell out like crazy, too. I mean, because I remember they did a, uh, a concert movie in Madison Square Garden. Um, and these guys, and uh, they were in their 40s, too. And I just remember hearing, like, that sold out like crazy, too. I think that only sold out in, like, uh, five, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Off the strength of who they are, man. Mm-hmm. They can, you know, classic artists like that, like, they're going to sell out every time they come out. Like, yeah, they don't come out too often. So when they do, they shit going to sell out the building, bro. Right. <laughs> shit's going to sell out the building, bro. Let, let drive out tomorrow. Shit. Right. It's over with. I want to hear always on time <laughs> you you think jock can sell out uh msg why not that nigga sold out the fire fest <laughs> what's the difference despite the disaster that was despite the disaster that was I mean that in uh that verses it did kind of you know breathe a little light uh yeah. back into his music too because yeah, people shout out to Fat Joe like he put the battery back in the back like he highlighted it like he Fat Joe knew he was gonna lose but the fact that he highlighted Dry Rule like yo like you, you, you niggas forgot like damn Joe got this many hits like yeah I forgot about that damn 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 like you know what I'm saying like. Every song, I just, it just, I just relived my whole fucking high school, bro. Right. Get on high school right there. Yeah. Right. And I think uh, um, what a lot of people don't give when it comes to the pe- to the Beastie Boys is that they were always, always, always themselves. They never tried to be something they weren't like most rappers uh, that we see today. They always stayed true to themselves. They um, always kept it hip hop, uh, showed love and respect to, uh, to the roots of it, but then could also, you know, uh, like we said, switch back over to, you know, doing the whole rock thing, you know, playing yeah. instruments, you know, turntablism and, you know, performing uh, like a little mini punk show, too. And and also now that I think about it too, I don't think any of them um, in the group tried to do you know tried to go solo during their uh, during their time as a group. Because uh, I'm trying to uh, yeah I can't think of any time I don't think there was any uh, group dysfunction or anything that was public. They were always you know that tight knit and. Yeah. Nah, they was like the locks for real. Like they just tighten it, no arguments, no nothing. There's just a strictly a brotherhood. Like right. I'll cast two. I'll cast another one. It wasn't really no fallouts. Yeah, that's true. They had that's a tight knit situation too. Yeah, definitely. Um definitely tight knit. 
uh, like I said, always uh, stayed true to themselves. Uh, they were all they could always, you know, um, be funny when they needed to be. Um, again, go back and look at the sabotage video. And now that I think about it, they were um, speaking of the sabotage video. They were one of the first people, uh, one of the first rappers, I should say, that worked with Spike Jones, who was the director of that video. And for those who don't uh, know who Spike Jones is, um, obviously, other than the video director, um, I think he's one of the minds behind uh, Viceland, uh, uh, the whole Vice um, world over there. Um, and with Spike Jones, he worked, um, I believe he had some kind of affiliation with the whole Jackass franchise and also worked with, um, you know, rappers um, and their rap videos. Uh, he did uh, one of my personal favorite videos. He did the Far Sides uh, drop video. Uh, that's the one where they're all rapping in reverse. And I don't know if you've seen the behind the scenes of that. They, they literally had to hire um, a language artist to basically read and help them rap the lyrics backwards to that. So that is just uh, not only did he work with them on that, he did um, he did, you know, the heartfelt uh, sky's the limit uh, video with um, with B.I.G. That's the one where, um, you know, they had the little kids acting, you know, like Puffy, Big, Lil' Kim and all that in the video. Um, a lot of people also don't know he did uh, Jay-Z and Kanye West Otis video. Who? Now, who did this video? Who's doing these videos again? Spike Jones. Uh, he's a video director. Oh, yeah, Spike Jones. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I, I believe. Uh, huh? Who's Spike Jones? <laughs> I wonder if that was his inspiration. To call himself Spike Jones because of Mike Jones. I don't know. I just I don't know. Go ahead though. But yeah, he he was definitely one of uh, the minds behind that. Um, let me see if I can bring up what else he did on here real fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's uh, like I said, he worked with the Beastie Boys. He did. Uh, oh, he also did uh, the remix to. He also directed the video to uh, All About the Benjamins, the remix with uh, Puff Daddy at the time. That's the one where, um, you know, uh, Puff Daddy and his bus, they break down in, uh, at that uh, little school dance. And, you know, they take over that. And the next thing you know, they're uh, running around the school and. You know, people. Um, Niggas do not remember that video, bro. I used to watch that shit on MTV every day, bro. I'm talking about before school. And a lot of people do not remember the rock and roll remix, bro. Right? They don't. And Kim was taking off her clothes. And, like, dog, that was a whole vibe, bro. I, and I praise Diddy for that, like, to have a rock version to that shit. Like, right? What is that? That's yeah. it. Oh, my mind, bro. Right. What y'all want to do? What do people? Yeah, that was a dope. I got to uh, rewatch that video again. Yeah, like he did, like, redid the vocals and redid, like, oh, my God, bro. Like, oh, they had redid the song just for that. Like, it wasn't no copy and paste. Like, they really rapped, re-rapped re the fucking song to fit the, the beat. Like, come on, bro. Right. 
I got to revisit that shit. Diddy a goat. Yeah, he did that. Um, did that shit, bro. I also, oh, oh, here's one uh, I forgot uh, Spike Jones did. He did Get Back by Ludacris. That's the one where he had the inflatable arms. Yeah, this nigga did a lot, bro. He did. <laughs> he did a lot of classics, dog. I'm, I'm listening. I'm like, yeah, I used to watch that video. I used to watch that one, that one, that one. Yeah, he did that one. Um, another one I forgot about. He uh, co-directed Flashing Lights from Kanye. Man, stop playing, man. Shout out to Spike Jones. Nigga's a legend. He definitely is. I totally forgot he did uh, the Flashing Lights music video. And that was the one where uh, the model, he had Kanye in the car, took the shovel out and just basically just stabbed him. Beat his ass with the shovel, stabbed the shit out of his ass. Right. And I was like, yo, this is this fucking weird to me to fuck out. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, to you know, be one of the first people to work with uh with Spike Jones who did all these videos that I'm listening now, I mean, now it's just that that's amazing. I mean, not uh, I mean, because not a lot of people can say now that they've worked with him, uh, whether he was coming up as a video director to where he is now to, I guess, directing videos and things like that. So that that's that's crazy. Real, real. Oh, another one. Um, he, um, I guess he had a hand in uh, doing Kanye West in uh, Lil Pump's "I Love It" video too. He had a hand in uh, doing that. Right. So, definitely a big, big shout out to to video director Spike Jones. I mean, the man's man's resume is just incredible. Definitely incredible. Uh, But yeah, I I gotta um, go back and revisit some of these videos that uh, he directed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, what well, now, uh, with all that I listed, do you think the Beastie Boys, sh- um, should be in people's top five after all that I listed? It just depends on who you are. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Beastie Boys. I ain't really listened to Beastie Boys like that. Not saying it wasn't dope. It just wasn't. A part of my algorithm, <laughs> you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but not saying, but them niggas was dope though. What they mm-hmm. brought to culture, I just wasn't onto them like that. But so they'll be in my top five. But to somebody else, it might be in their top five. Right. They could be top ten worthy. They they sold the records. They did all that shit. But just just me per se, like they're not in my top five. I mean top ten. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely, but they definitely legends. I will never disrespect them. Like, right? Oh, I thought that was me for a second. But uh, yeah, I definitely think. Um, yeah, after all that I list uh, that I've listed went over, it's it's definitely hard to say they a top five group. Especially, you know, with, you know, the achievements, the quality of the music, the impact, uh, the influences, 
it is definitely hard to uh, say that they are a top five group, but you know, the the facts speak for itself. So it, it's definitely tough to say that. But after list listing and going all all about that, I would definitely say uh, they should be bumped up close to the middle. But I don't think uh, I I wouldn't name them a top five group as of uh, yet. I mean, even though uh, they're they're done rapping and their careers are sadly over, like I said, due to the passing of MCA, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's definitely close on being a top five group of all time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, you know, shout out to you know Ad Rock, MCA, and rest in peace. Uh, Ad Rock, uh, Mike D, and rest in peace to MCA. I mean, an incredible, um, an incredible run. You know, thirty years. Oh, and another thing that I've noticed too, um, when it comes to them, like they never really had to work with a hot at, uh, at with a hot at the time producer to stay relevant too. Because, because uh, remember, like uh, even though they were still going, you know, into the two thousands. I believe they just stuck stuck with the same uh, production group uh, or production uh, or production team or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, uh, to stay relevant, and they never really, um, you know, they never really had to work with a ju- uh, with a you know a hit boy, uh, Pete Rock, uh, uh, a mustard or anything like that. Compared to you know like an LL who. Uh, who basically had to go, um, who started around the same time as them. And then as time went on to, you know, stay relevant, he had to work with, you know, um, with Timbaland, for example, for, you know, Headstrong. And that was a a huge hit for him. Or Pharrell, love you better. Pharrell, yeah, that's true. Or Neptune, that's child Chad. We're not going to do that. Right. (laughs) But I will say with uh, LL working with, um, you know, with Pharrell and the Neptunes, uh, like I said, it did give him life back at that time, too. Because um, what was the one that uh, he worked with with them? Uh, was it Love You Better? Who? Cool. Uh, LL with uh, working with, um, with the Neptunes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Love You Better. Okay. Cause I was trying to, I was trying to think of the song at first. Um, Cause like I remember the video, he was trying to get the girl back. Uh, then there was yeah. one shot of him in the car with roses, you know, out the roof and that. Yeah, it was, it was copying that movie. I forgot that movie where the dude came out with the with the limo and the flowers. She was trying to get that chick at the window. What movie was that? I forgot. Oh, um, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. The one with uh, the guy with the stereo uh, holding up the stereo. Yeah, yeah I, I can't think of I can't think of the name, but uh, yeah, yeah, damn. But yeah, uh, you you definitely got to salute the Beastie Boys for that too. You know, sticking with one production team, one producer, uh, whether it was themselves or you know, or somebody in their team. You know, compared to, you know, like LL and, um, you know, even rappers today, too. 
I mean, how many rappers can we honestly say had, you know, has basically stuck with one uh, producer or one um, production team their entire career and managed to stay relevant? Not too many. Not too many. And plus, um, and uh, also, too, I mean, to go from the 80s to, you know, the 2010s, I mean, not a lot of groups can say that as well, too. Yeah, true. Yeah. Put out uh, put out an album, you know, in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, even uh, 2010s, you know, that's something that's, you know, an achievement within itself. Not too many people can say that. So. Um, that's a fact. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and this it's still it's still uh crazy to think about that uh now too you know because uh, again i mean not too many people not only in hip-hop but i don't think not too many people in in music itself can really say that too yeah can't right but um anything else you want to add before we move on to um move on to ranking some albums Nah, we can move on, man. Shout out to the uh, Beastie Boys, man. Shout out to that. Right. Love them. Def Jam. You know what I'm saying? Just incredible. Incredible time. Incredible era, man. It's, it's definitely the golden era for sure. Definitely. All right. Let's move on to, um, let's rank some Kendrick albums. Um, as we all know and as we all have heard, Kendrick's about to drop a, an album uh pretty soon so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take uh five albums of his and we're gonna rank them <laughs> and this is gonna be fun um the <laughs> albums we're gonna rank <laughs> we got section 80 we got to pimp a butterfly we got good kid mad city we got damn and we got overly dedicated so Ooh. out of those five um Something. how you gonna rank them <laughs> Mm, 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 mm. What the fuck did I get myself into? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna bite the bullet on this one. I'm gonna bite the bullet on this one. Um, okay, all right, let's go. Um, okay. Let me see, let me see, let me see, let me think, let me think. Let me think. Okay. Number. Take your time with it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Fuck, oh, bro, they all classes. Like, how, <laughs> how the fuck? Oh man. Um, number five. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say number five. Overly dedicated. Okay. Oh fuck! I'm probably dedicated. Uh, 
Mm. Number four. It's tough, I know. <laughs> Damn. Uh, oh, Lord. Damn, look at Matt City was so good. I'm gonna put Good Kid, Mad City four. Okay. Number three, Section eighty. Mhm. Okay, I get, I did that because I I I started on Section eighty. Like that's that was my Kendrick. You know what I mean? Like that's the when I really, you know, I got put on in him. Like High Power was the first song I heard from Kendrick, and then I was like, oh shit. This nigga got this nigga got Lupe content like he deep like. I a lot of people it. forget with uh, High Power that was produced by J Cole. That's what a lot of people right. forget. Right, that's right. I forgot about that shit. So, so it was like, yeah. So. High Power was my first time listening to him, and then I was like, yo, this is like a nicer version of Lupe. Like, so, but just, just gangster, you know what I'm saying? Um, number two, damn. In Six Eighty, I love, I love like the message. It was like a tale between, it was like a story between two girls. Yeah. And like this is just the how he broke that down the message in like Tammy's song and like it was just a, a dope ass and then you got um the um rigor mortis like ADHD uh hold up like it just had classic fuck your initiative nigga <laughs> <laughs> like it just had hit dog and then it had the uh Man, they sampled this group, dog. And this not it's not on the uh it's not on the Spotify version, but if you get the, the mixtape itself, it's on there. It, it's a song that had nothing but horns on it. Nothing but horns. It's like suck my deck. Deck too many bitches, not enough. No, too many niggas, and not enough hoes. Most of y'all niggas ain't nothing but hoes. Come on, dog. Fuck <laughs> with me, dog. I know you know what I'm talking about, bro. This shit yeah, has numbers in it, bro. Mm hmm. I think I think they might have sample differences, so they couldn't they couldn't get the sample cleared to to put it on Spotify, but. That shit was hard, bro. And my cousin, when I went to North Carolina, my cousin played me the original song. I was like, no, without even knowing, he just played the song, the original. I was like, yo, that's Kendrick? No. I was like, oh, this the fucking original. That shit blew my mind, bro. Oh, the spiteful shit. That's the song. There we go. Despite, yes, bro. Oh, my God. Too many niggas and not enough hoes. 
Yeah, he killed that shit, bro. That yeah, that one, that that Ringo Waters set off the fucking album, bro. I was like, yo, this this mixtape is fire, bro. Of course, I picked damn, like damn was just damn was just damn, like that was exactly what it was called. That's exactly how it was when you heard it. Like damn, I remember coming from the club. It it was from Thursday to Friday transition. It was after midnight. Came home about. Like, came in about 2, 2.30. I said, yeah, let me fuck with this Kendrick shit. So I played it. Intro came up. Nigga talking. I got, 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 I I'm now look. I play the song. I'm going from laying down after the intro. I got I I I, I got loyalty. I'm like oh shit. So I set up, and then the beat kind of kind of switch. Did a transition and and that Rick James uh, sample yeah. though that was too cold right there. So, yeah, give me some ganja. Yeah, in the news, yeah, I was like, in the news, nigga was talking, the reporter was talking, I got a the beef is dying, I went from sitting up to standing up now. That shit had me standing up, bro. Bro, I could not get past the, the track and track, bro. I could not get past DNA. I was on DNA for about 30 minutes, bro. I kept replaying that shit. I was like, bro, this guy is really one of the hardest intros ever, bro. And I did not know that was Rick James, so that really fucked my head up. Right, I I, uh, I found out about that I think last year or two years ago. Yeah, it was it was after a concert, like it was after a concert, dog. It was live. That nigga said, "Give me some ganja." That was after Mary Jane. That was right before Mary Jane. To, to flip that shit, I think Mike. I think Mike Will made it. Did that beat? But, and, and shout out to he don't get a lot of shout outs for me, but Jordan Lucas, he did kill this freestyle. I'm not going front on him. He, oh yeah, he killed this freestyle like he did. Like the beat switch and everything. Like so. Yeah, Mike Will. He did uh, DNA. Yeah. So, you know, my number one is to Pimp a Butterfly. To Pimp a Butterfly, man, was so dear to me, dog. Like, like the the album just, to me, was just so soulful. And, like, and, and, and it took me back to, like, that shit, to me, the album sounded like a fucking Trial Call Quest album, bro. Like, just to how smooth the, the beats were. Terrence Martin did his thing on there. Like, it was just dope. Like. Like, even, like, if you listen to, like, if you you ain't got a lot to kick it, that shit sound like a Tribe Called Quest song, bro. For real, for real. <laughs> um, the first track, uh, Wesley's Theory, that shit sound like some Dre, that shit sound like some Snoop Doggy style shit. Like, he had, like, <laughs> of, like, West Coast meets Tribe meets, like, it was just different, bro. Like, 
the topics he was going after was not the popular topic. I mean, it was, but go, to go from down, I mean, go from down, to go from Good Kid Massey to Pimple Butterfly was a fucking risk, bruh. That's like that's like dropping college dropout and going straight to A Ways of Heartbreak. That is a risk, bro. Right. You go from a rapping ass album to Pimp a Butterfly. That shit was so conscious, and it was not a lot of people's favorite album. But he really touched on the the Black Lives Matter shit early. He did. Like, and it's talking about how we are as a community, like. It was some ice cube shit. It was some death certificate shit that that nigga was spitting for real. Like, it was like in that same vein. Like, he had songs like Complexion, like um, These Walls, like um, You, I, had I Live, Mortal Man with the with the with the Tupac. He nigga had an interview with Tupac at the end of the fucking album, dog. Like, that's I shit. remember that destroyed yeah. social media. When they found that, uh, found that out. Kendrick will have you have fo- after the Kendrick album, the niggas were really having focus groups, bro. Even with this hard part five shit, this niggas is like, yo, you gotta listen, you gotta see the deeper messages. Like, yeah, this shit is incredible, bro. Like, like, yeah, bro. Like, that's my top five, man. People didn't appreciate. People want appreciate to people butterfly. Until it hits that ten year anniversary, then niggas is gonna go back like, "Yo, this nigga was really spitting for real." Like we didn't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And damn was pretty much. Then he figured it out. Like he really figured it out on damn. Like damn was pretty much good kid, mad city meets to Pippin butterfly. Put in one. It's like I'm gonna say some conscious shit, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna spe- spoon feed him to the point where. Motherfuckers is gonna take that shit. You know, it's like with damn, he put the medicine in the candy. You know what I'm saying? Like he made people digest it better. Pause. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is like it made he made people listen to it. Like oh shit! Like I'm gonna give him the trap bass beats and all the new age nuance new age shit that y'all niggas like, but I'm gonna still say my conscious shit. And he blended the two. And that shit was just dope idea. He brought the Kung Fu Kenny into a DJ, like, Kid Capri. Like, it was just a dope-ass, good-ass hip-hop album. But to people, Butterfly was just so deep. Pause. And it was just, like, <laughs> it was just it was just perfect. It was just that. And the people that I was featured on there was just placed perfectly. The song structure was placed perfectly. And like how he how he was battling his demons on the album, and it was just dope, man. It was, he's just a dope dude, you know what I'm saying? So that's my ranking. What about you? Ooh, yeah. Spotlight's on you, buddy. <laughs> I know. All five. Oh, shit. First of all, this is a good this is a good five album run. I think of uh, not only from Kendrick but in hip hop in general. Um, I'll start it off with overly dedicated at number five. Um, man, I I definitely got to revisit that one since it's been a minute since I've heard that. Uh, some of my favorites off that was uh, uh, what was the one with uh, Absol? Uh, 
I'm going through something in life with oh, Patron, make you feel all right. Yeah. I watched that shit earlier, bro. Oh, my. And the, uh, the Martin sample at the beginning. Baby, I'm assed out. I, I'm going through something. Oh, yeah. That, that, was, that was dope that, uh, you know, had that sample on there. I'm assed out. <laughs> I got no ends, J-Doc. Yeah, that was classic. Uh, um, another one of my favorites, Average Joe. This is why they fuck with me. I'm no gangster, no killer. I'm just your average Joe. Bro, my God. Like, he, like oh, my, like, Holy Decade was hard, too, bro. Like, my, my one of my favorite songs on there is the fucking, uh, uh, I'm too much for these niggas and too much for these hoes. Okay. <laughs> and that, that's how it goes. Michael Jordan, bitch. Michael oh, yeah. Uh, the one with Schoolboy Q. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know why your bitch want to fuck me. But I don't know. Oh, my God, bro. Kendrick is on some shit, bro. Right. Damn, bro. Another one of my favorites, uh, off overly dedicated. She looked better than Beyonce, Alicia Keys, Holly Berry, Miss Jolie. Let's go, go. I, I think that was opposites attract. Yeah, I think that was uh, that one. Yeah, bro. <laughs> oh, I gotta revisit that. Oh, I gotta revisit that album. I, I do too. That nigga had the song where well first for first song the intro had Janae Jane Iko. A lot of people don't know Janae Iko came from that TDE camp. Yep. She wasn't eventually. I think a, she's um, before she Kendrick. She worked with Schoolboy Q did uh, first, didn't she? I think so. And then Absol too. Yeah. Yeah. So she came from that camp. Plus, like. The then the, the second song I think he had a song with uh with Kurt Cobain in the skit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what it was talking about, being overly dedicated, like getting depressed and you know, trying to be a good artist, but you burning yourself. Like it was just dope. that was a dope concept too, bro. Like he just he just had this dope idea, bro. So that was your five, right? Overly dedicated? Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. four. Shit, now this is where it gets tough. Yeah. Um, for number four, I'll probably agree with you again and say Good Kid, Matt City. Still a great yeah. album, still holds up. Uh, I just like the way I just love the way how it just loops together from start to finish. Sounds like um, you know starts off like you press and play on a cassette player, then it uh, goes uh, it goes into the prayer, um, and then this dope beat, and then you know to bitch kill bitch don't kill my vibe, you know backseat uh, freestyle, um, you know showcase, uh, and I just love. For the album, it showcases, um, you know, the the highs, and then it goes into the lows, and then you know, it, it kind of gives you like that, you know, I made it feeling at the end too. Um, you know, like I said, the highs, you know, to him trying to, you know, go out to this party, meet this girl, 
And then, um, you know, them hooking up and then, you know, him telling his friends about it. And then, you know, that's when things take uh, that dark turn. Um, I believe it was the, uh, the art of peer pressure. That's when things, you know, started taking that dark turn. And, you know, that's when, you know, the hookup happened. And then, um, you know, that's when the shooting happened to one of his friends. And, you know, they tried to retaliate. And that's when they met uh, that woman. Uh, I think it was at a convenience store. And, you know, that's where, you know, the life changing moment happened. And, you know, that's when he realized, you know, you don't have to do, you know, this gangbanging shit, pause uh, for long. Uh, you know, there's other ways out of, you know, Compton. So, and, you know, that's, you know, with um, that last, uh, that last record with uh, Dr. Dre, um, what was it called? Compton, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. With Dre, yeah. That, you know, that last song right there, that kind of makes you, you know, feel like, you know, he, he finally made it. He finally saw, you know, the error his ways. He's going to do something different, you know, things like that, too. Um, still still a good album. I remember, um, you know, pick, uh, buying that uh, album when it first came out, too, like the physical copy CD. And um, and it was the one with the van on it. The I think it was like a black or brown, some kind of color van or something on it. And I was just wondering to myself, like, yeah, what yeah. did the, yeah, um, I think that I, was just, that was deluxe, right or no? I think, I think it was, was the deluxe. deluxe. I one, I had the one with the family on it. Oh, okay, I think that might have been the original. I think the deluxe. I think the uh, deluxe was the one with the van. Yeah, I mean, and I just remember you know picking up that physical copy, and I was just wondering like, what does the van have to do with the album? But once you start listening to it. Then you probably then you know you know the significance of it. So the van, yeah, the van was a deluxe, bro. Okay. Oh, it was. Mm -hmm, oh, yeah. okay. I thought it was like a, a second um, cover or something like that. No, no, no. Yeah, well, it is a second cover, but that was just for the deluxe. Okay. Uh man. So yeah, good kid, Matt City. That gets uh, number four for me. Number three, I'm going to have to say damn, because, um, again, it's still a, a great album, um, you know, for, and um, like I said, I listened to, um, I know I mentioned it on the show, I listened to uh, Dissect Podcast, um, just by listening to, listening to that uh, entire season he did on it, like, I never knew there were so many biblical reference, references in that album. To, uh, especially, yeah, on damn. Yeah, I, I gotta go back and listen to the whole shit. Yeah, I, I'll I'll send you a link to that, but um, you know, it is still you know, gr uh, still a great album. One of my um, you know, with that intro, with you know him saying I was taking a walk the other day and you know, helping this old blind woman, and then the next thing you know, blind woman picks up picks up that gun and just shoots him, and then. Uh, like you said, it, it just launches into uh, uh, DNA, and you know that just that that just gets you hype uh, as soon as you first pr uh, press play right there. Yeah. Uh, um, you know. Right in the DNA, like. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
Another one of my favorites that don't really get talked about is, uh, you know, the introspective um, in uh, in the song feel. Uh, I thought that was one. Uh, well, me personally, I think that's one of my favorite songs off the album that doesn't really get talked talked about enough. Um, a lot of people don't know that uh, he also had Alchemist on uh, some of the beats too. He had Ninth Wonder on uh, Duckworth. Uh, yeah. That was a great uh, storytelling uh, ending right there. Yeah, uh, well, you know, had that banger humble. And uh, Humble was just everywhere um, when that came out. Um, Pride, another one of my uh, personal favorites, uh, too. Um, and, uh, oh, Alchemist did, he did Fear. That's the one I was thinking of. That was the one where, um, you know, with him uh, saying, why God, why God, in the uh, in the intro. And then, you know, I'll beat your ass with, you know. That, oh, um. Fear. Yeah. Yeah, fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, again, I didn't even know uh, Alchemist produced that, but, you know, shout out to him. Uh, yeah, for, I, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I remember that beat. It was like the actual was he actually played that whole beat because it, 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 he kind of premiered that beat on the heart part four. Oh, yeah, that's true. And that's then. True. I was like, oh, okay, that's where that came from. I'm like, okay. That is true. But uh, Damn Gets number three for me. Uh, number two, Section 80. Because, um, mm. like, I remember my cousin Ahmad, he was the one that got, that who put me on Kendrick and put me onto that album when I first uh, heard it. And, you know, from... Uh, you know, from the beginning to the end, it still holds up and it's still a damn good album from, you know, uh, that intro with them just standing around the fire and, um, you know, bringing um, the narrator, bringing everybody in and just basically saying, fuck your ethnicity. And, you know, and that's still a hype song too. Uh, fuck your it ethnicity. It is. That's still a hype song. Uh, damn. Um, another one is uh, Hold Up. That's still a great song too. Um, ADHD, uh, ADHD. That's I think that was one of my uh, favorites off that album too. And I'm kind of glad it got uh, new life when um, it was on one of the radio stations in uh, Grand Theft Auto Five uh, when that first came out. Mortis um, mm -hmm. to the uh, Rigor Mortis was just dope, especially to the point where he's uh, like literally rapping himself till he's just completely out of breath. Um, what was the uh, one song um, where uh, on the chorus he was just saying R.I.P. Aaliyah R.I.P. R.I.P. Yep. Pussy asshole niggas. I can't fuck with y'all. Put no music get my business. I can't fuck with y'all. I think it's called uh, Blow My High. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I, yeah. I couldn't think of the song title but uh, that, that was, um, that was, that's an underrated song in my opinion. I don't think, uh, people really, uh, people were really, uh, bumping that, um, like they should. Uh, again, High Power was dope. Um, another one of my favorites, um, 
shit, I can't think of the title. It was uh, Smoke Good, Eat Good, Live Good. Smoke good, eat good, live good. Smoke good, eat good, live good. And I do this for the city. Got some Hennessy and my real niggas with me. Fuck the fuck. You know that one. Um, um, is it Poor Man's Dreams? I don't know. I, I don't know. I know it had a feature. I can't remember who was on that, though. Was it, was it GLC? I think that was him. Or no makeup? I don't know. I can't. I don't remember. I gotta hear it. Like, but yeah, that was that was a good song too. Right. So, uh, de- uh, section eighty definitely takes number two, and I gotta agree with you. Number one, uh, to pimp a butterfly. Um, damn. I mean, I I had this as my favorite album of the twenty tens. Definitely debatable between that and Dark Twisted Fantasy, but to me, just an incredible album. Still holds up, still great from, you know, um, that intro, like you said, Wesley's Theory to, you know, the CD sounded like you just put on a record and then uh, you get that slow build up. Every nigga is a star. Da, 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 da. Oh my god. And then the next thing you know, that beat switches and sounds like something that sampled James Brown. And I just said, damn. Damn, I said, damn, this shit sound like doggy style. Like <laughs> definitely uh doggy style influence to you know, even um even a uh Skits were good too. Like this dick ain't free. Oh yeah, that was classic. <laughs> Definitely a classic right there. Um, I mean, baby. <laughs> def- uh, yeah. Um, you know, to the hard hitting of the Black or the Berry. I think that was like the first single off that before I. Yeah. And um. And also to have, you know, Ronald Isley on your song, I mean, that that's just, that's, that's wild. Because to say that you work with, you know, a soul legend like Ronald Isley, who's, you know, has decades of music, um, that's just, that's incredible. I right. mean, and if you don't know um, Ronald Isley and the Isley Brothers body of work, do, your, uh, do yourself a favor and go, uh, go listen to that. Yeah, do your fucking Googles. <laughs> yeah, definitely go um, go listen to uh, the Isley Brothers. Um, I, I love um, How Much a Dollar Cost. That's the one with him on there. Um, Hood Politics. My favorite song, uh, yeah. How Much a Dollar yeah. Cost. That's <laughs> just- yeah, that was, that was definitely one of the deepest songs uh, I've heard in a while. Uh, these walls, another one of my favorite. Um, also, um, I guess you could say he kind of introduced the world of Rhapsody too, because a lot of people didn't know who she was until um, she jumped on that uh, Complexion song. Yeah, killed it too. Killed it like that rap. I always go back to like that flow. Like she just she had a Tupac metaphor. That shit was crazy. Like. 
LL, um, you lose two times or something like that. Uh, had that LL metaphor too. I'm like, damn, okay. Yeah. It was just dope. Like, my brother loved that project. Like, it was just, you ain't, oh my God, one of my other songs. You ain't got a lie to kick it, my nigga. You ain't got a lie. You ain't got a lie. You ain't got a lie to kick it, my nigga. You ain't got to try so hard. <laughs> Ask her where the plug at to impress me. Ask her where the hose at to impress me. me. You sound like the fans, homie. Oh, it's, oh my God. That was Woo! one of my favorite songs on that bit. The guy with the magic wave. He had the flow of that shit, bro. And feel your complex. It was your complex. complex. The song is deep, like, but. His flow on that shit was just crazy. Like, and it's true because niggas do be trying to front just to be cool. Like, no, you ain't got to do that shit, bro. Right? That one nigga, hey man, where the hoes at? Like, why? Like, why? Like, and then when you get there, you're not gonna talk to him. Like, so what? <laughs> <laughs> they gonna be shy as fuck. Like. <laughs> I mean, it, it, like I said, that last uh, that last song, um, I think it was Mortal Man. When shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? The ghost of Mandela, hope my voice can propel you. You know, that one, I mean, I thought that was... Oh, my song. God. And like I said, uh, social media went just crazy after they found out that uh, he sampled uh, a Tupac interview and... and that's the first time I heard an interview, too. Like, they locked that in a tuck. I done heard every Tupac interview on damn near. And this shot, like, what the fuck? And the way he answered the question is set up for what Tupac said. Right? Like, it was just so perfect, though. It was so perfect, bro. Still a great album. Still yeah. And it's, it was so many think pieces on that project because it was a poem called To Pimp a Caterpillar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people, that's uh, people, another like, thing people don't remember, too. So people was like, Tupac, like, two, if you put two as a number two, Pimp a Butterfly, P-A-C, Pop. So it was like, oh, shit. Like, people was putting shit together. I'm like, oh, shit. And then the fact that the, the album cover had all his niggas in front of the White House, like... Right, the judge uh, supposedly dead, and I didn't even... Um, it took me a while, uh, but I didn't... Um, it took me a while to see Kendrick on there, too. Because, like, he was, like, dead set in the middle, uh, I think, with him holding a baby or something like that. He was? Wait a second. Wait, hold on now. Yeah, he was. I can't see. I got to go on Google. What the fuck? Hold on. Yeah, like right in the middle. Everybody just, uh, you know, throwing up gang signs, flashing money. But yeah, he's like right there. Dead that's, that's him, like with his mouth open. Yeah, and his shirt off. Yeah, 
Damn, I did not know that was him. Right. And the judge is on the ground. I've seen that part. Yeah. That's that's definitely a, a dope album cover right there. This is some nigga shit for <laughs> Oh shit! Everybody holding money and shit. Like they got the money phone, cell phone. That, that shit is hard. That's a hard cover. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That was hard. I, I I gotta put to pimp uh, to pimp a butterfly at number one. Still, I shit. I still got that physical copy um, with me too. I do too. I just don't know where it is. <laughs> like I bought that bitch too. I, oh my god! Like, but uh, yeah, the, that's my five ranked, and you know, it, it's gonna be interesting to see what uh, Kendrick drop, uh, what Kendrick drops, and what he says and does on Friday. Yeah. It, but. Best believe we'll be listening, and, and and spoiler alert, we'll be talking about it on the next episode. <laughs> yes, we will. This 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 album has been the most anticipated to to since Carter Three, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm-hmm. There was so much space in between those albums. Like, well, Wayne was three years. This was this this Kendrick is five years. So it was like, oh my god, right. Jesus Christ. But now, um, from what I'm reading, like some people are thinking this might be a double album too. I heard that too. So we'll definitely be looking out and keeping eyes uh and ears open for it. But uh anything else you wanna add before we move on to shout outs? K Dot man, if you're listening, dog, man, keep doing your fucking thing, man. I'm glad you did not rush. You was quiet for a minute. I mean, I remember when you came back and you killed that Buster Rhyme shit, man. Um, yeah, bro, like you just do your thing, man. I know. I was like, damn, bro, how how the fuck you gonna top? Um, yeah. Damn shit, like that that shit was just incredible. Like I don't know how you're gonna do it, but it looked like you 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 stepping this shit up, man. And I just I'm just can't wait to see what you're gonna say on this shit, man. Like I'm a huge fan. I put you I do put you uh a place behind uh J. Cole just because I'm you know I'm biased, you know what I'm saying? But other than that like you up there, bro. You my number. You my number two for real, for real. So yeah, bro. Like you just, you just dope. Every project been solid. This nigga. A lot of people don't. For, a lot. Of, I mean, I remember just for your classic shit with J Rock, your classic mixtape with J Rock. Then like you had a whole mixtape dedicating to the Carter Three. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. This shit was called C3. So it was called K3 or some shit. And it had Kendrick with like Wayne tattoos on him. Like, that shit was just fire, bro. And he had a song called, uh, that he said that he, on Big Boy, he said he did not like. 
It was called, look it up. It's called In the Club. Bitch, I'm in the club with the homies. Tell them what's up. <laughs> that shit, bro. He did a club song. And that shit was fire. He said that was his worst song he ever put out. Hey, at least he, he can admit it, though. I get it. To compare it to the shit that he put out since then. But it was still a dope song to me, though. Like, he still killed that shit to me. Like, yeah, but now I think I think he probably said that because you know, looking back on it, you know, it's just some things that don't mix uh, well. Yeah. Go and well. Talking, and he was talking about the typical like vanity shit, like you know, material shit, like bitch, I'm in the club, like you know. I think he just did that just. You know, to you know, to to catch on radio, so I understood that. But it's like, if you look at him back, I can see why he'll say that was his worst song. But to hear Kendrick in that in that space, like to talk about the normal shit, it's kind of cool. It's like it's kind of dope, like for real, to hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but shout out to uh, Kung Fu Kenny, man. Right. Damn, for real, for real, man. Can't wait to hear it. Right. And again, we'll we'll talk about um that new album on the next episode. So, uh, get ready for that. Spoil and spoiler alert. But um, yeah, let's let's go ahead and get into shout outs. Go ahead and um, go ahead and kick your shout outs. Um, shout out to the. To the listeners that's been supporting us from day one, and thank y'all whoever been putting putting us, you know, putting uh, people on us or whatever. Um, shout out to Cal Bell. Due to personal reasons, he couldn't be here, but we're just gonna salute him and shout out the shout out to him and his family. You know, um, yeah. Uh, to all the creators, man, just keep going. Know that you you have a dream. Don't let nobody, you know, discourage you on what. Because everybody's ain't going. Everybody's not going to see your vision. So don't try to please nobody. Um, you stay true to yourself. Uh, because it's it's easy. It's easy. Trust me. It's easy being somebody else. It's easy portraying somebody else, and it's hard to be yourself. But. You it pay it'll pay off in the long run. You might not you might not get successful overnight, but trust me, like it'll be worth it. As soon as, as soon as people fuck with you on a certain level and you being yourself, you can sleep at night better. Um. Okay, so my album of choice, uh, since that week, and me appreciating the great K Dot. We're just gonna um. Album recommend uh, Kendrick Lamar, the Untitled album, and that was pretty much an album that was put together. It was kind of like what was supposed to be on Pimple Butterfly, but just got scrapped off. Oh, uh, the Untitled Unmastered. Yeah. Okay. Master. Yeah, that was some dope songs that could have been on Pimple Butterfly, but just didn't make it. But yeah, it was it was dope. Like from from Untitled One to uh, he's talking about a different race. Like what did the age say? I just said, man. I mean, yeah. 
remember when he uh, premiered that on TV too. Yeah, he premiered that on the Colbert show. Yes, yeah, yeah, Stephen Colbert. Yeah, Stephen Colbert. And I watched that shit too. I was like, yeah, what the fuck? I said, this shit killed this shit, bro. <laughs> he killed that shit, bro. Like that in the song with CeeLo. And the levitate, 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 levitate. People forget about that song too. Yeah. Yeah, he killed that. Get top on the phone. Yeah, like. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a dope body of work too. Like, like that's pretty much that album was compared to like Nas, like the Lost Tapes. You know, that album, you know, the songs that are supposed to make certain albums but didn't make it, you just put it together. It's kind of like Drake, Take Care uh, care Package. You know, just little and songs that's supposed to be on certain albums that didn't make it. Like, it was just a dope body of work, like, just to hear what could have been on the album. It's like, fuck, it could have been on there, but yeah, it was dope. So, shout out to that, man. Um, just shout out to everybody. Just be safe. Um, it's a crazy world out there, man. Just, you know, just leave the house and just know that you got to make it back home to somebody. You know what I mean? So just be careful out there. Stay safe. I love y'all. All right, Nick. Um, also, uh, shout out to, you know, everybody who's still listening to us. Um, like always, we thank y'all for y'all support. Next episode is 50. Damn. It don't even feel like we uh, we're about to hit fifty episodes of this, but Woo! time flies. Time does fly. We having fun. Yep. Um, you know, just uh, you know, hit us up on social at Low and Marauders. Um, shop the store. Uh, uh, shop link is in the uh, show notes. Um, also, another thing we forgot to do on the last episode, uh, we forgot to say rest in peace to uh, legendary DJ, DJ K-Slay. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, man, um, just, again, be safe out here. You know, even though it feels like we're getting back to normal, you know, COVID's still out there. So, you know, be careful. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Wash your ass. So, yeah. Uh, Rest in peace to him. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, rest in peace to uh, Archie Eversall, too. Yeah, man. That I mean, just hearing about that, that's sad. Um, for those who don't know who Archie Eversall is, you may not know the name, but you've heard his song, especially, um, you know, the NFL fans out there. We ready. Yeah, that, that's him, yeah. Uh, he did that. That's his song. I mean... Yeah, shout out to the whole Oom Camp. Man. Yeah, uh, I listen. I listen to him too. Back in the you know back in middle school and all that. Mm-hmm. Because I I remember uh, before that blew up in the NFL, that got pep rallies going too. Oh my god, that was just a pep. That was just a pep rally era. The early two thousands. <laughs> all the hits like Lil John, uh, B I B I, uh, Trick Daddy, Let's Go, like. Yeah. Uh, them franchise boys, D4L. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, um, 
Shout out, uh, rest in peace to the both of them. Real sad about Archie Eversall. Uh, it, it be your own people. That's really all I can say about that. It, it, it's your own people. Damn. Yeah. Um, album recommendation. Um, I'm going to go with, um, I just uh, listened to this a couple of days ago. Uh, I'm going to give you li- Little Brothers the Listening. Ooh. That is a cold album front to back. Um, uh, a definite great album. You know, Shorty on the Lookout, uh, the Yo-Yo, Nighttime Maneuvers. Um, I mean, great uh, in- introductory album from them. Um, the Listening, uh, which is the last album, uh, The Way You Do It. Just man, um, Ninth Wonder did his thing on this, uh, critically acclaimed too. Um, man, uh, just uh, just an incredible album, too. Uh, you know, with Fonte, you know, rapping, and I believe he was singing on uh, I think it was uh, Make Me Hot as his as his uh, alter ego, uh, Percy Miracles or uh. <laughs> Percy yeah. uh, Jingle, something like that. I, I can't remember. Yeah. But um, def- definitely uh, a great album to go back and listen to. Um, uh, Little Brothers, uh, The Listening, uh, go check that out. Still still a dope album. But um, shit, that's it for me. Um, anything else you want to add before we get on out of here? No, nah, that's it, bro. That's it. All right, uh, that's it for the episode right there. Um, as always, we thank y'all for tuning in and listening. Uh, we'll see you for episode 50 and uh, hopefully in two weeks. Um, and yeah, that's it. Um, as always, we thank y'all for tuning in and listening to the Lauren Marauders podcast. We'll see you in two weeks. Peace. Peace. The Low End Marauders podcast is hosted by Kyle Bill, Jarrett Knox, and me, Nicholas Rawls. Our in and outro music, Fat Albert and Rudy, is by Ninth Wonder. Be sure to follow and talk to us on Instagram and Twitter, at Low End Marauders. Plus, stop by our, our online shop and buy some merch to show your support for the show. Check the show notes for the link to the store. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, drop us a review. Why? Reviews are what helps get the show more attention, so don't be shy to leave us a review, and don't be afraid to say what you want to hear from us on future episodes as well. Also, don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show, so that way you know when new episodes are released, and that way you can stay updated with us and the show. Alright everyone, that's it for us. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Peace.